Oh my God. You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. I, I have literally held the clots from a nearby embalmer in the area that he has pulled from vaccinated people. He's never seen this before in his life. I've held jars full of these these shots, uh, these clots that have been caused by the shots that, that he's pulled from these people. I've seen it firsthand. Every single week we have a new patient that's had a heart attack or a stroke or Guillain-Barre. Any of the, the side effects that went along with the shot that we've been telling people for the past three or four years since it's been out, don't take the shot, don't take the shot, but they were strong-armed, and they were led astray by the medical facility. Hold on, don't hang up, Chase. As a nurse, I want to hear more about this from you, what you've witnessed when we come back. begins now. Join Mug Club and get one month free with promo code Alex at jonescrowder.com. Chris in Kansas is a nurse on COVID vaccine. Go ahead. Hey, Alex, I could probably bend your ear for an hour on, on so many different topics about the shot, about COVID and everything we've been through in the past four years from um, setting up a parallel medical economy here in Kansas to um, setting up uh, Liberty alliances in small towns and counties all all through Kansas, and working with the school board, city commissions, county commissions. Well, that's right. We need medical militias of informed people led by doctors and nurses to warn people during their next pandemic. What you're trying to launch now? Well, I'll tell you just real quick since you you are uh, kind of grabbed a hold of that. My wife's a nurse practitioner, and I'm a nurse. I grabbed her and, and removed her from the quote unquote modern medicine showed her the light and she said her words exactly were after seeing it she goes i can't go back seeing or knowing what i know now exactly we set up a family practice build her a new building she's out on her own and on a weekly basis it's unfortunate to see but with our patients that have been used and abused by the old medical system that they left um but your call is the key there are good doctors and nurses we have to it's happening start the new infrastructure again Amen. Amen. And get these people off of all the crap that they've been filled with from the, the modern medical establishment. Well, as a nurse, what have you seen I, from the shots? I, I have literally held the clots from a nearby embalmer in the area that he has pulled from vaccinated people. He's never seen this before in his life. I've held jars full of these these shots, uh, these clots that have been caused by the shots that that he's pulled from these people. I've seen it firsthand. Every single week we have a new patient that's had a heart attack or a stroke or Guillain-Barre, any of the the side effects that went along with the shot that we've been telling people for the past three or four years since it's been out. Don't take the shot. Don't take the shot. But they were strong-armed, and they were led astray by the medical facility. Hold on. Don't hang up, Chase. As a nurse, I want to hear more about this from you, what you've witnessed when we come back. All right, I want Chris in Kansas, who's a nurse, his wife's a nurse practitioner, to spend a few minutes on what you witnessed in 2021 once the shots started versus what you saw the year before. Go ahead and tell us. Well, you know, I at that time, I was working in a nursing home, and they had shut all the nursing homes down. You couldn't go in. You couldn't go out. It was worse than Fort Knox or a military facility. Um, and and these, these elderly people, the quote-unquote greatest generation, 
Um, we put them through hell that they never deserved. We isolated them. These people were in their room, and uh, whether they had the mental capacity to get out of their room and and go and 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 associate with other uh, people there, inmates, I call them. Uh, so you're saying they were put in solitary confinement? They were because the people that that had the the wherewithal mentally to leave didn't have the physical ability to go out. And as a nurse, we couldn't take them out of their rooms. They were supposed to stay in their rooms. Their meals were brought to them. They didn't leave for any reason. They were kept there. And then they just were given, when the shots came out, you'd go room to room and say, hey, we have your shot. Take your shot. Now, this is going to keep you safe. And I'll tell you, not a single person. Now, I know it's a nursing home and people aren't expected to be there long term. I understand that. I'm, I'm not naive by any means. But these people were either killed by the shot or killed by despair because of the the treatment that they received um, within that. Welcome to the American Journal, where Chase Geyser unfolds the chapters of America's grand tale. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the American Journal. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. There is some new breaking news. The New Zealand Jab Data Whistleblower is released from prison and has made his first statement. We're going to run clip one here in a second. New Zealand whistleblower Barry Young has been released from prison. Over the weekend, Barry Young was raided and arrested after revealing the spike in deaths associated with the COVID-19 jab campaign. Currently, the New Zealand government is claiming and charging Young with accessing a computer system for dishonest purposes. However, the data itself was carefully analyzed, anonymized, and time-shifted to prevent personal information from being released into the public domain. Let's go ahead and run clip one. Barry and Kathy. Barry, welcome back to the real world from your release from Rimataka Prison at approximately 1 o'clock this afternoon, as per the judge's orders yesterday. How are you feeling, and uh, what's your next move? Oh, it's so good to be out. Thank you. Um, yeah, good to be out in the real world again. Um, so, yeah, I... I'm just overwhelmed, actually, by everything that's just gone on. The support out there was amazing. It was beautiful to see all those people in court and all on my side. And that should tell you something. You know, the government needs to listen to the people. I mean, this is what's happening is wrong, and they should do something about it. It's just, it's not right what's what's going on, you know? These, these things need to be looked at. And um, they can... They can put me in jail, they can cage me, but they can never cage the truth. Yeah, 100%. Now, Iceland, of course, is leading a worldwide inquiry into the COVID uh, rollout and um, the narrative. Um, there's obviously uh, concern from all over the world. There's large increases in all-cause mortality rates. Um, you've been pointing that out here in New Zealand. And for your troubles to save people, they're trying to silence you and lock you away. Um, but, of course, you've got Matthew Haig from Frontline Law, a brilliant lawyer who's done a lot for people. Um, are you going to temper your response or your actions now, or are you going to basically stand no, firm and continue? They, they can't. I mean, I'm telling the truth. They're, they're saying that it's for dishonest purposes. There's nothing dishonest in there. I, I've never said a dishonest word. It's all out there. Prove me wrong. Um, there's no dishonesty in anything I've said or done. Yeah. I'm absolutely 100% on that. And, um, yeah, I'm just... I'm, I hope this just finally gets out. And You know, if, if I was just an idiot babbling away, um, then the government and the police wouldn't take any notice of it. Or am I telling the truth? So for a man with data, you get raided by the police, door gets smashed in, 
all armed and they take you and equipment and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, if, it, if you weren't a threat to the government narrative, surely the response would have been a lot softer than that. You would think so, wouldn't you? Because, you know, um, when, you, when it boils down to any, I wasn't really doing anyone any harm. Um, but add cops to turn up armed and being handcuffed in the street. <laughs> All unarmed cars, un- unmarked cars as well, and busting the door down and trashing their places. Um, you know, I know they've got a job to do and all that, but this came from the top, you know. It was, it was very heavy-handed, and um, it wasn't a regular police operation. It's amazing how tyranny seems to be the same everywhere. It's always unmarked cars arresting good people for doing good things or for fighting the evil that is in power. Speaking of that sort of sentiment, the Washington Post is warning of a second Trump term, obviously greenlighting assassination of Trump, according to Representative Gates. Rep. Matt Gates called out a Washington Post article warning of a Trump dictatorship in 2024 as an invitation for assassinating former President Donald Trump. In the article titled, A Trump Dictatorship is Increasingly Inevitable, We Should Stop Pretending, Robert Kagan warned Democrats that Trump becoming the GOP nominee is all but certain, which could lead to him rising to power like Hitler did in Germany. Oh, so much to, so much to unpack there. So much to unpack there. First of all, if we're only just one presidential term away from a dictatorship, if there's enough power in the executive branch to manifest that sort of thing, then we're already a dictatorship. The fact that they're believing that just because he comes to power, just because he has the audacity or the character that would manifest or result in him becoming the dictator is indicative that we already have a system that's completely broken. There's actually no way legally to be a dictator in the United States of America. You can't declare an emergency like the Romans did and become a dictator. You can't burn down a federal building and blame it on the political opposition in order to become a dictator like the Nazis did. I suppose that's basically what happened with January 6th, in which they staged that sort of treasonous behavior and then used as an excuse to expand their surveillance and consider everyone a domestic terrorist. I guess January 6th, maybe maybe that was the Reichstag. But if that was the Reichstag, then that doesn't really make Hitler, excuse me, it doesn't really make Trump the dictator. That makes Biden the dictator, doesn't it? But we know that we have a different form of dictatorship in this country. We have a different form of tyranny in this country. It's not the traditional top-down, one man at the top, propagating this power and will down all the way to the bottom. It's an intelligence community. It's the unchecked fourth branch of government that runs our politicians. Our politicians are all totally in the bag for this intelligence community. And I'm not concerned about a Trump dictatorship. Frankly, a Trump dictatorship would temporarily be a good thing. What I mean to say is, and I'm just going to clarify this because that's a highly controversial statement, a Trump dictatorship would probably result in four more years or an indefinite number of more years of swamp cleaning followed by a terrible dictator that would replace him. That's why we can't ever have a dictatorship, even if we like the person in leadership. If we had a dictatorship in this country, all this corruption could very swiftly go away. Oftentimes, the first dictator is a hero. It's not always the case, but oftentimes the first dictator of a nation is actually revered as a hero. We talked about Napoleon the other day on the show. Saw the movie a couple of weeks ago, and this is somebody who fought in the French Revolution. This is somebody who unseated a monarchy in part, participated in that unseating of a monarchy, and then became himself the emperor of France 
And everybody loved him because he was a national hero. Hitler was a national hero. The struggling that was happening during the 1920s, 30% unemployment, hyperinflation. Yeah, he was an evil guy. He did a lot of terrible things. The Holocaust is real and he was evil for it. But he was a national hero up until the point that he ruined everything. The first few years that he was in office, everything seemingly was getting much better in Germany. There's no dispute about that. Everybody knows that. Mussolini did a lot of reversals and a lot of corrections. All these dictators, Caesar is the most famous one. He was revered so much by the people that when he died, they almost burned down the entire forum by throwing all their things into his funeral pyre. They were so upset that he'd been assassinated. So a Trump dictatorship, ironically, would be a good thing for a few years, but then it would result in the total collapse of America, not necessarily under him, but just by the fact that we crossed the threshold, that we broke the seal of freedom. And we assume the ring of power, which at first always does good, and then totally corrupts. So this dictatorship, he's going to be dictator. I don't know if it's obviously calling for his assassination or not, but they wouldn't mind. The left would be delighted to see him assassinated. I can imagine all the memes, all the jokes on social media. I can imagine all the late night shows if Trump was assassinated. They would just love that, wouldn't they? I tell you what, I don't like Joe Biden. I don't want him assassinated. I want him imprisoned. Or charged with treason and subject to a jury of his peers. I wouldn't be delighted if Joe Biden was assassinated or Kamala Harris assassinated. I don't believe in the assassination of political opponents. I believe in their arrest and being brought to a fair trial to determine whether the corruption is actually true or whether we've been told a lie on our side the whole time and we were wrong the whole time. We need to get to the bottom of some of these things, don't we? But they're always trying to get out of court. They're always trying to avoid any sort of accountability for their actions. And then they blame us for tyranny after they imprison us, after they arrest us, after they tax the hell out of us, after they subjugate us in every single way possible. But we're the ones that are anti-democracy when they are trying to legally remove candidates from both parties from ballots all over the United States of America. Florida this week removing any opponents of Joe Biden from the primary ballot and several states trying to bring Trump off the ballot because of the 14th Amendment. But we're the ones that are anti-democracy. They have Owen Schroyer in prison. Thank God he gets out this week for things that he said after the actions for which he was charged. In the sentencing document, they're citing things that he said on air months and months after the events of January 6th, and that's why he was in prison. That's why he was recommended to go to prison. Something he said after the crime in which he was convicted. He was basically leveraged and forced to plead guilty for. That's another thing, too. Should end all plea deals. Shouldn't be an option for anybody. More on the other side. Let's go to Highwaymen in Illinois. You're on the air. Thanks for calling. Hey, Alex. It's uh, great to talk to you. Long time, long time listener. First time actually getting through calling. First, I, I want to uh, give a little plug on something that I, I don't feel that uh, you plug nearly enough. Your dad's turmeric toothpaste is incredible. I be first to admit I've kind of neglected my teeth, and I started using your dad's toothpaste, and my gums stopped bleeding, brushing my teeth, and I mean it is dentist cleaning clean every time you brush your teeth. It is incredible. 
incredible. Well, again, my dad, I say he's retired. He doesn't do a lot of practicing, but he still has his license. He still takes care of friends and family and other folks. But yeah, he simply creates toothpaste with top toothpaste manufacturers that don't have fluoride, but then have all these essential oils, not just concentrated turmeric, but things like tea tree and a lot of other things in it. We don't really promote it a lot because the margin's so small, it, it won't fund the operation. But yeah, all three of his toothpaste, the turmeric, the tooth whitening, and the activated charcoal are all top of the line with no extra atoms or fillings, full of essential oils. They will blow you away. Thank you so much for the plug, sir. Finally, after close to a year, in early November, where I'm cutting this ad, we finally got one of our flagship products back in stock, Ultra 12, the highest quality vitamin B12 organic. You take it out of the tongue so you get better absorption of the body through your blood vessels and what it does to every system in your body is simply incredible. It's the natural, clean, energy, focus, immune system, everything. And it's 40% off exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. This has been rated as the best B12 in the country. It's available from a top lab that we private label it through at InfoWarsStore.com. Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com, or you can call toll-free and order it as well, 888-253-3139, and Ultra 12 funds the InfoWar as well. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look in the five and ten Glistening once again With candy canes and silver lanes aglow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store but the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door. A pair of hop-along boots and a pistol that shoots is the wish of Barney and Ben. Dolls that will talk and will go for a walk is the hope of Janice and Jen. But Mom and Dad can hardly wait for school to start again. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas on the American Journal. Santa Claus is moving from door to door. House to house. Witnessing the censorship that is taking hold in America. I had a nightmare last night and I woke up and it kind of had me in a weird mindset. Craziest thing. I had this dream that I was sitting right here in this chair, only it was like way over there against the wall. And I was doing like a Sunday night live show. And the difference between the Sunday night live show and this show is that instead of having a break every nine minutes, you have to go 30 minutes at a time. And no matter how hard I tried to talk, I couldn't say anything. And I'm looking through the glass at Sean, and Sean's looking at me like, you know, the crew's like panicking. I, I couldn't say anything. And I saw, I looked up at the clock, and 17 minutes had gone by the segment. I hadn't said anything. I was just sitting there like, 
frozen. <laughs> I don't know what it means. I don't know if dreams mean anything or not. I think they probably do mean a little bit. It's your su- subconscious telling you something. But when you have so much truth to say and it becomes ineffable, you can't say it. It's like the state that they want. They don't want anybody saying anything. They want everybody silent. They don't want the truth out at all. And it's so frustrating and it's embarrassing and it's humiliating. And you really feel like you're blowing it, but you're not because there's some sort of mysterious power over you that's just keeping you from speaking the truth. And they're saying that we're facing the risk of dictatorship if a Trump is reelected which is sort of a paradox in and of itself, a paradigm in itself. Oh, this man who's elected is going to be dictator. It's like, well, my definition, if he's elected, he's not dictator, really. But then they want to silence you. They want Douglas Mackey in prison for a meme. They want Owen Schroyer in prison for things that he said. They want to take Infowars off of the air. They want to ban every right-winger's YouTube account, demonetize every YouTube account, take it down off Facebook, take you down off Instagram. I can't tell you how many different pieces of content I've had taken down, my friends have had taken down, and then when one finally gets through, I hear a slew of messages from people who know me. One time I accidentally posted a video from the control room here. Just said, hey, I'm about ready to go on with Alex Jones. It was the first time I think I was going to go on with Alex as a guest. And I accidentally posted it to my personal Facebook page. I never post on my personal Facebook page. I only tell strangers what I think. I don't tell people in my direct network what I think on the internet. Because they're too far gone or they already agree with me. And it accidentally posted simultaneously on my Instagram, which has about 70,000 followers, to my personal Facebook page where all my clients are my friends. (laughs) all my former teachers, whatever, and the amount of messages, the rash of messages that I got from the leftists that know me was insane. I got people sending me book recommendations for how democracy dies. I got former professors reaching out saying, shame on you for sharing the stage with that man after what he did. One of my favorite professors in college sent me that message almost verbatim. I responded to him politely and I said I hope you still fly the flag in front of your house like you did when I was a student I'm almost sure sure, certain that she doesn't but just to see what your network will say to you to see your friends abandon you your family abandon you your former professions professors abandon you because of who you associate with or what you believe or what you say it's just so asinine it's like sitting here And being faced with this inability to speak. You're on this microphone. You're at this desk. There's a whole crew ready to roll. And no matter how hard you try, a word can't come out. That is the America that we are coming to when everyone is struggling to speak what they know is true because for some reason it's just not possible. There's some top-down power that's silenced all of us or arrested all of us or shamed all of us or blackmailed, coerced all of us into silence. Let's watch clip two and see what Trump had to say about Douglas Mackey's censorship. Joe Biden and the radical left Democrats are trying to 
pose as the defenders of democracy, but in fact, they're the ones destroying our democracy. Crooked Joe and his henchmen have tried to shut down free speech with a massive government censorship operation to silence their critics. They're putting Douglas McKay in jail for sharing a joking meme about Hillary Clinton seven years ago. Nobody ever heard of anything like that. They have four bogus criminal cases trying to put their leading political rival, me, in prison. Let's put him in prison. He's leading by a lot. There's no way we can beat him. Let's put him in prison. They're running police state operations to infiltrate the Catholic Church as if it were a communist country. They're persecuting Christians and pro-life activists. They're persecuting anybody they want to persecute. They've labeled ordinary Republicans and parents at school board meetings as potential domestic terrorists. They're resettling millions of migrants into our communities, destroying our country like it's never been destroyed before. They're calling our citizens criminals. They rigged the last election. They rigged the Democrat primary, and they're trying to get their rivals thrown off the ballot everywhere they can. And they're constantly trying to delegitimize the Supreme Court of the United States and threatening conservative judges with violence. In short, nothing about crooked Joe Biden and the anti-democratic party has anything to do with defending democracy. So if Crooked Joe wants to turn this election into a question of which candidate will defend our democracy and freedom, then I say, bring it on. Let's go, Joe. Bring it on, because you are a corrupt person. You're the most corrupt president in our history. And by the way, the most incompetent president in our history. Because Americans don't like tyrants, we don't like fascists, we don't like communists, and we don't like Crooked Joe Biden. You just have to look at the polls. With your vote on Election Day 2024, America will be a free nation once again. We will be free and we will be great. Thank you. Thanksgiving 2023 is here, and I'm giving Thanksgiving for all we've done against tyranny and your incredible support together in this fight. And I'm particularly giving Thanksgiving that X2, our number one product, the only true atomic iodine on the market after a year plus of being sold out, is finally back in stock, ready to ship now. If you don't know the power of X2 and the iodine conspiracy, you are insane. Get X2 now. It could be the last run ever we get shut down. While you still can, at InfoWarsStore.com. Research iodine deficiency and billions of people with cognitive disabilities because they don't have it. X2, X2, X2 is now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Takes a few weeks to kick in, but it is the building block to everything. It's the missing link. They bomb us with the fluoride that is in the same family, but has the opposite effect. This is the holy grail of supplements and empowering yourself. X2, back in stock right now. Discount at InfoWarsStore.com. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. Chase Geyser is your host on the American Journal, the chronicle of a nation's dreams, dilemmas, and determinations. That is an epic 
Heiner. I forgot about that one. I love the Danny Warhols, though. Good, good job, crew, on putting this Christmas song in. I appreciate that. Speaking of a holly jolly Christmas, how about those payments that Joe Biden was getting every month? Every month was Christmas for the Bidens while he was vice president. Joe Biden received monthly payments from Hunter's CCP-linked company, Bank Records Show. Are we honestly surprised? Joe Biden received direct monthly payments from Hunter Biden's business entity, Owasco PC, according to bank documents released by the House Oversight Committee. House Oversight Chairman Representative James Comer on Monday revealed new bank records showing Joe Biden directly benefited financially from his son's overseas business dealings. I don't mean to put you guys on the, clock, but, clock, uh, on the spot, excuse me, but can you find the clip of when Joe Biden denied that he had any awareness of his business dealings with Hunter Biden while he was vice president. I think it might have been a 60 Minutes interview or something like that. The audience probably remembers. If you can't dig it up, I understand. But it's very obvious now that every single time Joe Biden said he wasn't aware of Hunter Biden's business dealings while he was vice president, it was a lie. And we know from the emails and from the details on the laptop, we have known for some time that in the very least vice president biden was having meetings with people that hunter was setting up while hunter was a partner at rosemont seneca and it seemed that at least there was some sort of leverage going on between the shaking of hands and the meeting we've known that the whole time that people were meeting with biden biden was having these meetings just because of the leverage and associations and business relationships that various leaders and tyrants and criminals throughout the world had with his son, Hunter, while he was vice president. But now that he's explicitly come out and stated in his campaign against Trump that he had no idea about the business dealings of his son during his vice presidency, we know that he was just blatantly lying. We knew that he was lying before, but now that these bank records are out and there's been actually some oversight on this, we know that he just explicitly lied. It's not like he forgot. Payments from Hunter's business entity are now a part of a pattern revealing Joe Biden knew about, participated in, and benefited from his family's influence peddling schemes, Chairman Comer said. Hunter Biden is currently under federal investigation for using a Wasco PC for tax evasion and other crimes. Joe Biden has repeatedly claimed he never took money from China and was never involved with his son's overseas business dealings. I mean, he got on the, on the board of Burisma just because he was the son of the vice president. We know that Joe Biden had the prosecutor that was investigating Burisma fired, which is the definition of quid pro quo. So quid pro Joe. And time and time again, we see this corruption. It's asinine. And they're coming after Ivanka and Kushner because how corrupt that is. And it was the spoil system and how corrupt it was that Donald Trump had so much of his family involved in the White House. Let me tell you something, folks. When you go into the swamp, you're going to want to bring people with you that you trust. And on the one hand, it can be perceived as corruption to give jobs to your family. But on the other hand, it can be perceived as I only want to be surrounded by people I trust. After all, we know that Kushner and Ivanka didn't need whatever the salary was for whatever position they had in the White House. It wasn't like he was giving his boy a job. He's giving his family a job. He can't find a job anywhere else. He really needs to make money. I'm going to give him a job. No. It's because he trusted these people. For better or for worse, he tried to surround himself to some extent with people he trusted. Obviously, he failed a lot with Fauci. 
He failed keeping Comey as long as he did. There were others who betrayed him. There were bad lawyers that he had over the years because he had to deal with the mob in New York and he had to deal with the corrupt tax system in New York. And so he had to associate with bad people, work with bad people, because frankly, I don't think there were a lot of good people to work with in New York for a long time. I think if you wanted to get business done in New York City, you had to work with some crooked lawyers, you had to know some crooked politicians, and you had to have a relationship with the mob, especially if you were in the real estate building contracting business. You had to. And so by the time he gets to the White House, some of those people sort of straggled along with him. Whether it's the attorneys that he had that betrayed him or whether it's the others in the administration that were already corrupt that it just took him too long to figure out. And frankly, I think that he thought he had eight years consecutive to get all this stuff done. And he was prioritizing what he wanted to do when. So when you criticize him of not fulfilling his promises like finishing the wall or draining the swamp, you got to keep in mind that the job was only half done because the term was only supposed to be half over. Let's run this Joe Biden clip of Joe Biden denying his knowledge of Hunter Biden's business dealings. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business Yes, I stand by that statement. There's not a single solitary thing anyone said that was done wrong. I don't discuss business with my son because I don't want to have any knowledge of any I, I don't want to be accused of well you talk with your son or you talk with your whomever and so the fact is though everybody's looked at that he did nothing wrong zero I've never discussed my business or their business my sons or daughters and I've never discussed them because they know where I have to do my job and that's it and they have to make their own judgments why was it appropriate when you were the vice president for him to have foreign investments well, the fact is, I was unaware of his investments until it occurred, and I've never discussed what my son's business with him. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China. I have not had it. The only guy made money from China is this guy. He is the vice president of the United States, and his son, his brother, and his other brother are getting rich. They're like a vacuum cleaner. They're sucking okay, up money. President Every Trump, thank you. We do it's need to true. move on. Hunter Biden's business associate sent over a million dollars to three of their family members. Any reaction to that report? That's not true. How involved were you in your son's Chinese shakedown text message? Were you sitting there? Were you involved? Were you? No. There's this testimony now where one of your son's former business associates is claiming that you were on speakerphone a lot with them talking business. Is that what? I've never talked business in anyone. And I, I know you'd have a lousy question. Well, what do you? It's why is that a lousy question? Because it's not true. Every single time Joe Biden lied about his business dealings with his son Hunter while he was vice president. And I've told this story a million times. The big one to me is the Metabiota story. And I'm just going to reiterate it because it's one of those, it's a cognitive dissonance breaker. This is the glass breaker of cognitive dissonance. Rosemont Seneca had invested at least half a million dollars in Metabiota, which is a biolab research organization based in California. The CEO of that company has been photographed with Ghislaine Maxwell, of all people. They were involved in, I believe, the Wuhan lab and the labs in Ukraine, either one or the other, but I believe both. And 
while Rosemont Seneca was invested in MetaBiota, while Joe Biden was sharing a bank account with Hunter Biden, while we're seeing these emails of 10% back to the big guy, MetaBiota happens to get a 23.7 or 23.9 million dollar Department of Defense contract. This is the laundering. This is why it's hard to convey to the people because we understand that corruption is accepting a bribe. We understand how corruption traditionally works with quid pro quo and things of that nature. But this is a money laundering scheme with two or three steps that make it hard to convey to the people. But what happens is when you're sharing a bank account with your son and you're ensuring that DOD contracts go to businesses your son is invested in, that ensures the gains on the investment and you're sharing the account. So you're pocketing the tax money. You're using the tax dollars to line your own pockets. This is what all of our politicians do, and it's what they've made legal for themselves. When they sit on these committees and they know what's going to happen, they know what votes are going to come up, so they know where to put their money before the vote happens and becomes public information. That's how they get so rich, and that's why the interests of the American people are never met, because these investments are more about growing the portfolios of our politicians than they are about securing the interests of the American people. And it's from the right, it's from the left, it's from Nancy, it's from Dan. It's from all of our politicians. The political class has set itself up in order to launder tax dollars into their own pockets legally. And until something is done about that, we're going to see more and more corruption and we're going to rely more and more on rogue heroes like Musk's or Trump's doing something about it, but it's not sustainable. What would you do if there was a tyrannical, totalitarian world government taking over whose plan was to kill 90% of the world population, and they were already beginning to do it. You would rally against it, you would fight it. And that's what we're doing. This is the reality of 2023. I just want to thank listeners and viewers for your last year's support. and want to encourage you now more than ever to spread the word about the broadcast, to pray for the broadcast, to take clips and share it from the broadcast, and to buy products that enrich your life at InfoWarsTore.com. We have the signed or unsigned copy of my new book, The Great Awakening, The Plan to Defeat the Globalist and Launch the Second Renaissance. Twice as long as my last book, incredibly powerful, signed or unsigned, InfoWarsTore.com. And we have X2 finally back in stock after over a year, InfoWarsTore.com. We have TurboForce, 10-hour clean energy, back in stock, and a bunch of other great products as well. So please visit InfoWarsTore.com and do your Christmas shopping there. Fund the InfoWar and get great products all at the same time. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalists at point-blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back. 
Welcome back to the American Journal. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. We are going to run this interesting clip of Chris Cuomo on Patrick Bet David's podcast. Patrick Bet David's one of my favorite podcasters. I think he's very talented at what he does. The funny thing about Patrick is, and I had him on my podcast. He was very gracious to spend his time with me. This is somebody who's worth millions upon millions of dollars. So every moment of his day is valuable. And he came on my podcast when I was nobody. I'm still kind of nobody, but I was really nobody when he came on. And he's had Alex on. He's had other great guests on. He's he did that hilarious moment where he tried to give DeSantis a pair of shoes. And he's really a brilliant entrepreneur, actually. That's how he started. He started by going viral on Facebook by creating inspirational content for middle-class Americans starting their own businesses. There's a famous clip of his, a famous ad of his. And you know what? Well, I'll ask the crew to pull that ad down before the end of the show today just so I can show you. That was a major inspiration to me when I started my business in 2016. But he had Cuomo on, and they discussed immigration. Let's go ahead and run clip four. We'll stop, start it, cut in and cut out. And pay attention to this one because you may want to call in later on in the show and talk a little bit about it. Go ahead and run clip four. Here would be my two-point policy plan, okay? This is what I would say if I were advising someone to run. I don't care who I work with. I'm going to do several things at the border. One, whatever the physical thing is that they say they need, I'm going to finish it. I also know that we're not a wall away from being safe. Mm -hmm. I am going to triple all of our processing capacities. (laughs) I am going to triple our security capacity so you don't have the men and women who are keeping us safe there burdened by case dispositions. I'm going to build out these massive places to humanely house probably better than where they're coming from. Uh, camps. Take care of their kids to keep all the families together all night. They're human beings. So trafficking. And <laughs> I'm going to process them immediately. And I'm going to change the laws of what asylum means. And we're going to have a debate. And you guys are going to tell me either economic asylum is OK or it isn't. And if it is, under what guidelines? But – or once we get our rules set, right, and the guys who run it, CBP, have been saying for a generation the rules don't work on asylum because we don't allow economic asylum except in the special deal we cut Venezuela. And once we have our rules and I have my processing and I have my places, you come in illegally, I catch you, I put you in the center because you, if, you if you claim asylum, I have new rules so I can fast track you. You don't check the box. You'll figure out what the boxes are. Now you're going to check the box. I'm going to process you and I'm going to send you back. It's going to be expensive, but it's going to be less expensive than what we're doing right now. And I'm going to take the people who are here. They're all paying taxes. We'll figure out their citizenship <laughs> status later. Sounds but like he, you're going to be voting for Trump. Everybody's yeah. paying it. <laughs> if, if he had gotten more of it done because – To him, the wall was a metaphor. That's all he needed. You know, they made that up on the campaign bus. We were never a wall away from safety. The numbers were down. Why? Because Mikalinen, Google that name, M-C-A-L-E-E-N-A-N. When he ran Homeland Security, CBP before it, this guy, he wound up leaving because he couldn't take what was happening with Trump. But this guy's uh, back to our earlier conversation about the institutions in the deep state. This is a guy who'd been there forever, was doing the job for the right reasons. He cut these deals with the home countries and with Mexico. That was the key. We cannot have everybody be processed at our border. That's we absolutely right. set up right. infrastructure and pay in the home countries to have Let's processing done it. then unless it's extreme. 
So he is nailing it right here when he talks about negotiating deals with these countries because the problem is the way the immigration policies work in the United States and the way the economies work in South America and Central America is they depend on U.S. dollars coming in. So the leadership of the countries doesn't have any incentive to keep people from storming across the border because they want their working class people to go to America and send U.S. dollars back to their families to help their families pay the bills. So these economies, many of them, depend on illegal immigration in the United States as sort of temporary invasion. It's almost like the Vikings. Their whole economy was based off of raiding. They had their home areas, their home territories, but they would go out every season and they would try to raid new areas and come back with the loot. That's exactly what's going on with this immigration dynamic between Central and South America and the United States is these countries, the leaders, actually want the illegals to come across the border into the United States, work illegally, send money back because that's what flourishes their economy. And until we negotiate some sort of a remittance tax, which is a tax on money crossing the border, or some sort of other policy issues or put pressure on the leaders of this country to stop it, they're never going to stop it. They have the power to prevent their people from leaving their own country. They're just refusing to do it because it's good for their economies. Keep running the clip. So if you do that as your domestic issue, that's my only domestic Question issue. Question for you. Can Foreign, Trump, can, I'm getting Iran. Can Trump do done. anything to get your vote? Could Trump do something to get anything my vote? Anything to get your vote. Or is it that personal and frustrating to not give him the well, vote? Well, first of all, uh, and this should be enough, he has made life hard for my family, gratuitously, Okay. I used to speak to the president on a regular basis, and I would speak to his guys on an all-the-time basis, okay? And I did not go after him personally. I interviewed him routinely. I was one of the people to let him do the phoner interviews. And we were smart enough at CNN to say, offer it to Hillary, offer it to Hillary. And her campaign would be like, no, we're not giving you, a kid, you know, an interview like every third day. That's on them. He wanted the opportunity. We gave it to him. Oh, but the phone, he should be in front of a camera. Whatever. You know, you're either making your, your, your case or you're not. But you make it hard for me. I'm no different than you. If he had done something that made it harder for your kids in school, is he going to get your vote? If, if Trump did? Yeah. To me, I, I, uh, I'm purely based on policy because I don't need to have a relationship with that individual. He's talking about the fact that Trump made it personally harder for him and his family. As if CNN didn't do any of that to Trump. But the thing is, and, and I, I get in this argument with my wife a lot. It's not really an argument, but it's just a little bit of attention. Sometimes she gets frustrated with me how much time I spend on InfoWars. Not on air, but working on InfoWars related things. Because I have clients to take care of and you know things are tight right now. And she wants me to focus on my business and make money, but... She's like, hey, you need to be spending time with the kids. You need to be making money so that our family can be set up. And she's right. She's absolutely right. She's a good, good woman, really amazing woman. But I think to myself, the best thing I can do for my kids is fight for their country. I want my kids to grow up in an America. I want my kids to have America. I want to fight for freedom now. And sometimes that's going to mean making sacrifices. But what better thing could I do for my kids and my family than to try to, in whatever small, humble effort I have, sustain freedom or improve the state of freedom in this country. And Cuomo is looking at it all wrong. I don't know if he's telling the truth or if he's just full of it there. Usually in these podcast dynamics, you actually get a little bit more honesty from people like this than you do on air. 
But if you really care about your kids, if you really care about your family, then regardless of whether Trump made some remark or did something you disagree with or dropped the ball on the vaccine thing, you got to think about what the difference for the future of the country is going to be with a leftist in power versus a Trump in power. And you can say all you want about Trump. Patty from Boston called in last week and made some good points. You can say that he's a narcissist. You can say that he's egotistical. I don't even deny it. I don't deny that Trump is obsessed with himself and he's got a giant ego. But I think that's a good thing when somebody who's obsessed with himself and has a giant ego is on your side. Because Trump understands he's a very smart man. And I do think that he's a good man, too. I think you could be a narcissist and an egomaniac and still a good person. We all have a thorn in our sides. We all have sins that we commit, character flaws that we have. And so I'm not going to throw stones at Donald Trump because he's got a goofy haircut and he really knows how to pose for a picture. And he talks about himself like he's fantastic. That's what he's supposed to do. It's what he's always done. It's how he became a billionaire. So why are you criticizing him for it? That's what I'm thinking. But it's not a bad thing to have an egomaniac running for office every single time. Sometimes it is. But Trump understands that the greatest threat to his legacy is to do a bad job on behalf of the American people. He understands that the greatest threat to his legacy, to his ego, is to do bad by the way of the American people. And I don't think he wants to. I think he wants the American people to do well, and he wants everybody to know that they're doing very well because of the things that he did. So you can say narcissist, egomaniac, all he cares about is money, Stormy Daniels, haircut, orange skin, like as if he's some vain, superficial person all day long. But when push comes to shove... His whole entire will, his motive, his incentive, his vision is on this sort of one-track path, this obsessed goal of getting back into the White House and making this right, what's happened to him, the stolen election that happened to him, the screwing over the American people that happened to us when they stole the election from him and when they took the White House and basically turned it into this conglomeration of bureaucratic red tape. Everything that he wants to do in his last years of his professional career is centered around making America great again. So you can be mad at him all day for something that gave you a hard time while you were at CNN lying about him. Okay, whatever. Why don't you think about your kids and vote for this country? If you ever take one piece of my advice, it's get a bottle of X2. It's been sold out for over a year because we wouldn't cut corners and because it's so hard to produce. We finally have a limited run back in supply at InfoWarsStore.com. So many people have serious issues. Look at the UN's own numbers. Billions have cognitive disabilities because they do not have true nascent iodine in their bodies. Most of the other iodine is bound to other heavy metals or bound to other elements so you don't download it. But this is pure atomic certified iodine. X2 is now back in stock, discounted. So I'm giving Thanksgiving right now for this product being here. It funds the info war. But I guarantee you, you take this for a few weeks, you will feel the difference. It is amazing. It's the missing link. X2, back in stock at the end of 2023 at InfoWarsStore.com. X2. Some people say that mass immigration into the United States can help reduce world poverty. Is that true? Well, no, it's not. And let me show you why. This gumball represents the one million legal immigrants that the United States has taken every year on average 
since 1990. Now, who in the world deserves our humanitarian compassion? The World Bank has one major of the desperately poor of the world. They make less than $2 a day. And how many people make less than $2 a day in the world? Well, let's start with Africa. In Africa alone, there are 650 million people who make less than $2 a day. 650 million. And in India, another 890 million people, desperately poor. China adds another 480 million people, making less than $2 a day. And unfortunately, the rest of Asia has a heartbreaking 810 million people who the World Bank says make less than $2 a day. And finally, there's 105 million of Latin America's population that are desperately poor. All told, the World Bank says there are 3 billion people in the world, 3 billion people who are desperately poor, making less than $2 a day. That's 3,000 gumballs. And every year, we take a million and suggest that we've somehow made a humanitarian difference. Of course, we don't pull our immigrants from these desperately poor populations, do we? These people are too poor, too sick, too disconnected to make it here as immigrants. We tend to pull our immigrants out of the better off poor of the world. And Mexico tends to define the type of immigrant that we bring here because the plurality of people come from Mexico. And Mexico is poor. How many people in the world live in countries that have average incomes lower than that of Mexico? And the World Bank tells us that that number is these 3 billion plus another 2.6 billion people. 5.6 billion people in the world who live in countries with average incomes below that of Mexico. That's 5,600 gumballs. And so what is it that the elites are telling us? They're telling us that when we take this one million immigrants, that we somehow or another are tackling world poverty. And we have to do it regardless of the effect on our unemployed, the working poor, the most vulnerable members of our society, regardless of the effect on our natural resources. Even if we went by the most radical proposals in Washington, which are to actually double our immigration to two million a year, which would totally overwhelm our physical, natural, and social infrastructures, we couldn't make a noticeable difference. And we may be really hurting the impoverished people of the world because the million that we do take are among the most energetic, often the better educated, certainly the most dissatisfied people that if they did not immigrate would be the agents for change to improve the lot of all the people in these countries. The true heroes in the global humanitarian field are the people in these countries who have the wherewithal to immigrate to another country, but instead stay in their countries to apply their skills to help their fellow countrymen. Unfortunately, our immigration system tends to entice these very type of people to abandon their countrymen. The impossibility of making even a dent is actually worse than it looks here. Because last year, when we took 
one million immigrants, these countries added births over deaths, 80 million more people into the impoverished population. And this year, Congress is bringing in a million legal immigrants. And this year, according to the United Nations, these countries are expected to add another 80 million people. And next year, you can be quite sure that Congress, unless stopped by the American voters, will bring in another million immigrants. Welcome back to the American Journal. You got to listen to this. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soulless deal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he it came sounds across so this good. young man sawing all a fiddle and playing it hot. And the devil jumped up on a hickory stumps and boy, let me tell you what. <laughs> I guess you're getting to know it, but I'm a fiddle. All right, folks. Too. We're going to cover more of the news. There's going to be more of that coming soon. I found a cool little tool the other day. So Biden's immigration agenda is overwhelming the system in the first segment today and that last segment of this hour. We saw the gumball issue. It's a famous TED Talk. It's like at least 10 years old. Maybe it's almost 15 years old. I don't know exactly how old it is. So some of the numbers that he said are not relevant today, like only a million dollars a year versus doubling it to only $2 million, not $2 million, 2 million people a year coming over the border. Obviously, it's way more than that now. We've had 10 million people cross the border since the Biden administration came into office. So everything that he foresaw as being unsustainable or untenable for our system has happened and worse since that video. But the fact of the matter is we cannot immigrate global poverty away. If we took all of the poor people in the world into this country, it would only break our infrastructure and everybody would still be poor. So this idea that people need economic asylum here is absolutely ridiculous. We can't solve the economic problems that would require someone to even consider asylum by just bringing all the people suffering into our country. We have to figure out a way to solve the problem differently by not bringing them here, by not making them Americans the best come over here anyway. And so we're actually making these countries poorer or more vulnerable because only those with means, critical thinking, ingenuity actually get here. And so the only way to solve the problem is for these countries to frankly just figure it out for themselves. Unfortunately, that's the way to do it. And if you want to get involved in a charity that helps or whatever, if you want your church to get involved to help, that's great. But bringing them over here in mass is only harming the American people, weakening our system to the point where we won't even be able to help the people that are here anyway. We've already seen some of that. Let's run clip number five. Biden's immigration agenda is overwhelming the system, just like the man in the TED Talk said would happen is happening in clip five. Much indeed. William, uh, New York Congresswoman Nicole Meliotakis is with me now. Congresswoman, should we let migrants work? And if not, why not? I think it's a little bit more complicated than what the Democrats are saying. And, and for my mayor, who wanted people to work, um, as you know, this has been going on for well over six months. The vast majority of the people who have come to New York City are now eligible to vote. And the, and the president also allowed Venezuelans to apply for uh, legal work status. And only 2,000 people of 100,000 people that have come to New York City actually applied. Uh, so the issue is, is more complicated. And I think the other problem, Stuart, is there's a real back 
backlog at all these agencies. It's not just CBP who's at the front line at the border who cannot handle and process these individuals being forced to release them into the country. Um, we have uh, immigration services. You're waiting 10 years to be able to get an appointment to go to court. I actually have constituents that um, have, have a green card or have to get it renewed and can't get it renewed and are in jeopardy of losing their employment because they, they are stuck in this system that has been inundated by this uh, mass migration at the southern border. And so I think when we talk about this issue, it is about, you know, let's help those individuals who have been waiting in line, doing everything right first. And then we can issue visas and, and work authorization for people who follow the process and apply properly. But this mass uh, migration at the southern border, it is it is really a problem. And the fact that 50 percent of these asylum cases are denied uh, shows you what uh, your reporter just said, that yeah. people are abusing the system to gain entry into the United States. So the Army Navy veterans are losing hotel rooms to illegal immigrants as the Biden border crisis intensifies. We see that our system's overwhelmed. We see that we can't solve this problem, this economic problem, by bringing everybody over into our country. And in a minute, I'm going to show you clip seven of the Chinese nationals as soon as the crew lets me know that it's ready. But a wave of frustration has swept over Army and Navy fans who had planned to attend the much-anticipated Army-Navy game at Gillette Stadium this December. Several military families and veterans have found their hotel reservations unexpectedly canceled, with the rooms being allocated to accommodate illegal immigrants under Massachusetts' right-to-shelter law. And they try to make it sound like this mass migration is a matter of a humanitarian crisis. And don't get me wrong, it is a humanitarian crisis. But the main issue that I take with it, and that I think many on the right take with it, is the national security vulnerability. If you want to talk about a real national security threat, it's not domestic terrorism from right-wing extremists, it's domestic terrorism from illegal migrants. We've seen it happen all over Europe with these stabbings, and we see it happen here more and more with increased violence, but we're going to see it happen in a very big way, I think, in the next few months. I think it's going to be very ugly. I would be keeping my eyes on the headlines for the words ammonium nitrate. But it's not just these struggling people coming here, and it's not even people just from South and Central America coming here. Look at this clip, clip seven of these Chinese nationals at the border lining up in droves. You don't think any of these are spies? You don't think it, what are what are Chinese nationals doing in the desert on the southern side of the border of the United States of America? They just happen to be growing up in Central America or South America and they just happen to decide they want to come to America. This to me just screams CCP. This see, screams mass migration. Look how organized they are too. They've each got their perfect size backpack. They're all kind of dressed the same. They've even got face masks. These are plants. These are CCP plants. We are being invaded by our enemies at the southern border. It's not just Central Americans, South Americans, Hispanic people, working class people trying to come over here to find job opportunities. But it's the CCP coming over here. It's people from Gaza, from the West Bank coming over here. It's certainly going to be Russian nationals coming over here. Everybody that hates America is crossing the border to try to exploit this vulnerability. A small leak can sink a great ship. And this is our giant leak sinking our ship. In the Biden administration... And Others are acting like this isn't even a big deal. I mean, they're basically just giving it lip service. It's almost as if they want it to happen. And frankly, I think it's because the intelligence community wants our border to be permeable. They want to see this mass migration into the United States for two reasons. The first reason is they see a shrinking 
labor force in the United States. So they want to import as many people as possible to fill that void as Americans retire and die in droves because the boomer generation is going away. So they think it's going to sustain the economy that way. That's the first reason. And the second reason is they are totally okay with, if not hoping for, if not planning or complicit in a terrorist attack in this country, because every time a terrorist attack happens, that's an excuse for us to go to war or to expand the powers of the intelligence community and steal the rights of the American people. And I've got article after article on my desk. We go through the major headlines every single day in the morning to see what we want to talk about. And I'm seeing fewer and fewer headlines about this border issue because, frankly, it's old news to people. No one is really talking about the border anymore because it's like this thing, oh, we're being invaded, we're being invaded, we're being invaded, but... You don't see it until it's too late. You don't feel it until it's too late. You don't see it until you wake up one morning and you see a protest in your city of 10,000 women in burqas advocating for some foreign Middle Eastern region. And you're like, what happened? I didn't realize this many people were here. It's, yeah, because you're in a bubble. Just because your kid's name is Jackson doesn't mean that everybody else in your neighborhood isn't naming their kid Muhammad. We see it happen in Ireland. We see it happen in Scotland. We see it happen in England. We see it happen in Germany. And if you want to fight right-wing extremism, then why don't you stop fueling the flames of right-wing extremism? The best way to catalyze right-wing extremism is to do some radical left-wing crap because that's the countermeasure. That is the response to perpetuated gradual injustice over extended periods of time that caused suffering for people who were supposed to be represented and not betrayed by their political class. You want to stop radicalism? Well, then stop screwing us. You think capitalism is so is so evil and people hate it so much, then Stop perpetuating socialism because I tell you what, the more socialist or communist you are, the more leftist you are, the more right-wing Suffering people are going to become. At least when Donald Trump was president, the only people that were suffering were the members of the political class because the American people were doing great. Hate crimes were down. Crime was down. Prosperity was up. Businesses were doing better than ever. The stock market was up. The political class was the only class suffering under Donald Trump, which is why I'm voting for him again. And that's why we've seen such an extreme response from them this time. More on the other side, folks. Normally, Christmas is our biggest sell of the year, but because of supply chain breakdowns and other issues, this is our biggest sale because finally, almost all of our best-selling products are finally back in stock, including sold out for more than a year, X2, the only true nascent iodine out there is finally back. What it does for your immune system, your body, all your cells is miraculous. It's discounted at InfoWarsTore.com. Double Patriot points, free shipping, biggest sale hands down of 2023. I'm sure Christmas will have a big sale, but we'll be sold out of most of this. So Christmas has come early. Black Friday's come early. And it funds the InfoWar. Get X2. Get VasoBeats back in stock. Get all the other great products at InfoWarsTore.com right now. But again, Our fan favorite, my favorite, is X2. Sold out for over a year. Could be our last run if we're shut down. Get it while you can. X2, discounted InfoWarsStore.com. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, 
have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. To the American Journal, ladies and gentlemen, I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. Hamas shot female Israeli soldiers in the crotch, intimate parts, and breasts as part of a systemic genital mutilation. IDF reveals many victims' corpses still had agonized looks on their faces. So I don't doubt that it's true that there's been some mutilation. I don't even know if it's physically possible for somebody to have an agonized look on their face after they die. Can you die with, it's like the Joker. Was it, was it the uh, Jack Nicholson Joker where when people would die, they were like frozen in the smiley face? Or was that, was that the uh, Christian Bale Heath Ledger one? Do you remember that? Anytime the Joker killed somebody, their corpse was found just smiling. Is that, is that what the, the IDF is trying to claim here? Yeah, okay, okay. So the, an IDF soldier said that Hamas violated the bodies of female soldiers after death. I'm sure that's probably true. Sherry Mendez Unit blesses the bodies of the dead before they are buried in this update. But let's look at this interesting clip. It's clip number eight of Alex Jones on September 12th of 2001 talking about some similar activity from Israel on committed against the Palestinians. So why is it that the Palestinians maybe would feel the need to do this? Let's go ahead and run it. Israel calls the Palestinians goyim or cattle or dogs or subhuman. They keep them on concentration camps. I got video of them taking Palestinian women's tomatoes they grow and breaking their water containers and stealing. That, that's why you have this crap. And our children are going to die. We're going to get nukes because of this. Iran's got the nukes now. Syria. We're going to have nuclear war because Israel likes to go around bombing everybody. I'm sorry. It's just the facts. And Israel absolutely is beside itself with joy right now. They are talking about how they're going to blow everything up, how they're going to attack everybody, and guess who's going to get bombed because of it? Yeah, and in that clip, there's a little bit more context there. He specifically tells the story of children having their genitals blown off by snipers and Israelis because they throw rocks at tanks and stuff, and the retribution was there. So that might have something to do with this. And I'm not an advocate for Hamas by any means or Palestine by any means. I think that there's a lot of problems in that region. I think they're terrorists. I think they're evil people. But an ass-kicking doesn't just come falling out of the sky. And so these people hate each other for good reasons on both sides. They really do. 
And it's just evil versus evil, which is why we shouldn't get involved. Meanwhile, Israel is weighing a plan to flood the Gaza tunnels with seawater. Israel has assembled a system of large pumps it could use to flood Hamas' vast network of tunnels under the Gaza Strip with seawater, a tactic that could destroy the tunnels and drive the fighters from their underground refuge, but also threaten Gaza's water supply, U.S. officials said. Obviously, that's a major escalation there, just flooding the tunnels. It's sort of like the EMP strikes in the Matrix where everything just gets shut down when you do that. But they've issued a travel alert for Israelis traveling to the U.K., so the migrant crisis, the refugee crisis internationally has gotten so bad that now it's not safe for Israelis to go to places like London. And we've seen the clips. We've shown the clips time and time again on all three shows on this network of these protests happening in these major European cities. And we see that the face is changing of Europe. It is not the same face that we thought. It is not this sort of English European source of our Western culture that it once was, but it's been replaced with migration. And so it's no longer safe to go there. I, I would never want to go to Europe. right. I don't want to go to Europe right now. No way. As an American, no way. I wouldn't want to go to Russia either or China either. So I'm not just saying this exclusively as an attack on the radical extreme Islam, but it's just not a safe time in the world. The U.S. Navy has finally recovered a spy plane Stuck in Hawaii Bay two weeks after it overshot Marine Base runway and destroyed endangered ocean coral. As crews find a dead sea turtle at the recovery site. Oh, the poor turtle. <laughs> U.S. Navy P-8A plane crashed into the sea while landing at a Marine Base near Honolulu on November 20th. Locals and experts immediately warned about damage to the coral and endangered species. Now the Navy has announced that they found a deceased sea turtle floating between two barriers at the plane extraction site. So the spy plane crashes. It's doing missions. We're about ready to get into World War III, and everybody's talking about the turtle. Unbelievable. Everybody's talking about the coral. And maybe it's just because of this major climate conference that just took place. And we talked about it yesterday. Everybody's talking about the climate now. Everybody's basically resurrecting the sentiment of an inconvenient truth. Al Gore's propaganda lies about what was going to happen to the world in the coming years, and none of it ever happened. But Hillary Clinton says extreme heat due to global warming has killed 500,000 people. Yet she fails to mention the 500,000 innocent people killed by the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Speaking to a crowd at this year's UN Climate Change Conference in the United Arab Emirates on Sunday, former Obama Administration Secretary of State Hillary Clinton engaged in more climate change fear-mongering. Let's see what she had to say here in clip number six. We're seeing uh, and beginning to pay attention and to count and record uh, the deaths that are related to climate, and by far the biggest killer is extreme heat. I mean, even in Europe last summer, which uh, has the ability to count and figure out what happened, they recorded 61,000 deaths because of the heat in Europe. We don't have that kind of number yet from Africa, Asia, Latin America, but we know and estimate that we probably uh, could uh, measure about 500,000 deaths. And the majority of those are women and girls, and particularly pregnant women. Yeah, there you go, particularly pregnant women. So now they're trying to make it sound as if pregnant women are suffering from these 
heat outbreaks. And what they're really doing, which seems obvious to me, is they know that the numbers of pregnant women dying is going to increase internationally, especially among those who were vaccinated. And they don't want anybody to blame it on the vaccines. So they're going to blame it on climate change, which is this ambiguous sort of all-encompassing wild card that works no matter what suit is Trump on the card table. It's just disgusting. Meanwhile, they're actually pushing advertisements for updated COVID boosters, despite the fact that they know that this product is not safe and ineffective. Let's go ahead and run clip three and see this HHS advertisement on the updated COVID booster. Luis and Roberta think they got COVID at dance class. Mike thinks he got it at his family reunion. Nancy blames the carpool. One thing they have in common, their natural immunity has worn off. But they can restore their protection with an updated vaccine. Because getting COVID again means risking long COVID or even hospitalization. Get your updated vaccine because COVID can be anywhere. Absolutely disgusting. We're about ready to come to break. And we're going to be covering more great news on the other side. We'll be taking your calls in the final hour as well. So get the phones ready. Give yourself and others a gift of turbocharged energy this Christmas. TurboForce Plus is back in stock for 25% off plus free shipping and double Patriot points. TurboForce Plus from InfoWars Life is the most advanced formula for optimum focus and energy we have ever offered. And after being unavailable for months, we're glad to bring it back to you at 25% off. With an energy blend that contains amino acids for sustained energy metabolism and an herbal energy blend with very high levels of several herbs for peak energy, TurboForce Plus is a force to be reckoned with. This powerhouse formula contains so many amazing ingredients, time-tested ingredients. TurboForce Plus will be your number one go-to source for quick, accessible energy at InfoWarsStore.com. Get some today. What would you do if there was a tyrannical, totalitarian world government taking over whose plan was to kill 90% of the world population, and they were already beginning to do it. You would rally against it, you would fight it. And that's what we're doing. This is the reality of 2023. That's why I want to thank listeners and viewers for your last year's support. I want to encourage you now more than ever to spread the word about the broadcast, to pray for the broadcast, to take clips and share it from the broadcast, and to buy products that enrich your life at InfoWarsTore.com. We have the signed or unsigned copy of my new book, The Great Awakening, The Plan to Defeat the Globalist and Launch the Second Renaissance. Twice as long as my last book, incredibly powerful, signed or unsigned, InfoWarsTore.com. And we have X2 finally back in stock after over year infowarsstore.com we have turbo force 10 hour clean energy back in stock and a bunch of other great products as well so please visit infowarsstore.com and do your christmas shopping there fund the infowar and get great products all at the same time infowars.com is tomorrow's news today <laughs> You're watching The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. I'm taking calls in the third hour. More news to cover until then. Man, I, always, I just always have such a hard time knowing where to start. I'm just looking at these headlines, headline after headline, New World Order after New World Order, globalist after globalist. Sellafield nuclear site hacked by groups linked to Russia and China. Well, tell me something I don't already know or don't already expect, right? Liz Cheney says Trump poses such a grave threat that she's weighing a third-party effort. Remember what I said weeks ago about 
The Democrats intentionally running RFK as a plant, whether he knows it or not, so that he'd be forced to run as a third party and potentially split the vote away from Donald Trump. Because we know that more conservative donors are giving money to RFK than leftist donors are. We know that the Republican Party is struggling to raise money while other candidates or third party or sort of out of the norm establishment candidates are doing well. And so a Liz Cheney run would get all those never Trumpers, right? This would be somebody running formerly conservative as a third party candidate to split the vote against Trump because after all, all she really wants to do is ensure that whoever the Democrat is gets elected to the president of the United States. And they start saying stuff like this now so it doesn't look like they're pushing or shilling for whoever the Democratic candidate is actually going to be. But I still believe that the Democratic candidate is not going to be Joe Biden. I am just, I would be so surprised. It's possible. This is one of those things people are like, oh, Chase was wrong. Chase was wrong. It's possible I'm wrong about this. I can see that. But it's looking like a Newsome or anyone else at this point. Maybe even a Kamala. I've been seeing a lot coming from Kamala Harris directly as well. They've been featuring her much more than they used to feature her from the White House. They call it the Harris-Biden or the Biden-Harris administration. They don't just call it the Biden administration. They didn't call it the Trump-Pence administration. They just called it the Trump administration. But now they're calling it the Biden-Harris administration. Is it supposed to be like woke? Like, oh, the woman in the administration is just as involved. Or is it because they're planning on running her instead of Biden next time around? So they have to sort of pace the change and merge the notion so people perceive it as this sort of continuity of power. Are they trying to give her some of that incumbent boost, even though she's not the incumbent, by saying it was her administration this time? Liz Cheney, once a rising leader in the GOP who has become a crusader against Donald Trump, says she may soon be ready to forge a new third party or even run for president with one in 2024. Quote, I certainly hope to play a role in helping to ensure that the country has a new fully conservative party, she told USA Today in an interview Monday about her new book, Oath and Honor, a memoir and a warning. Can we pull up her new book? I want to see if it says New York Times bestseller on the cover of it. Because I guarantee you nobody bought this book or actually read it. But it's probably a bestseller because of the political scheming that goes into these books. I talk about this a lot. It's out Tuesday. And so whether that means restoring the current Republican Party, which looks like a very difficult, if not impossible task, or setting up a new party, I do hope to be involved and engaged in that. So it looks like the book is actually just coming out today. It wouldn't say that on the cover yet, New York Times bestseller, I don't believe. But it might be an Amazon bestseller. I'd be curious to see if that's true because it would just contribute to this notion that these books are always a fraud, these policy books that ghostwriters write. And nobody reads, but somehow they always end up being bestsellers. Fox News cuts away from Trump rally. Election was not stolen. Fox News cut away from a Saturday afternoon Trump rally in Iowa to correct the untruths the former president was spewing and to correct the record that the election was not stolen, probably because they are afraid that anything they upload to YouTube later will get their account potentially banned. So they're not actually covering the news because the news is against the terms and services of major big tech companies. And has been for quite some time. Any true information reporting any reality will get you in the position that InfoWars is where we rely on these outstanding listeners and this outstanding audience to find us wherever we can be found because we cannot be found on the mainstream platforms. You got a bestseller alert on Amazon for the Liz Cheney book? Nobody bought it. No way. I don't believe it. It's number one. It came out today. 
A gripping first-hand account of the January 6, 2021 insurrection from inside the halls of Congress, from origins to aftermath as Donald Trump and his enablers betrayed the American people and the Constitution by the House Republican leader who dared to stand up to him. This just makes me sick. Look at Liz Cheney's Oath in Honor, a memoir and a warning with her Times New Roman font. And her white and red to make it sound and feel even more desperate. And that stern look on her face as if she sees what you're doing. She sees what you're doing. Oh, yeah. I'm going to hold you accountable with my perfect hair. I look like I was made in a factory. I got all of my ideas from New Gingrich's wife. We have the same haircut. Have you ever seen Stepford Wives? I'm also a robot. Oh, my God. What a wretched, wretched, wicked, nasty woman. Ooh. It's just like Kinjin or that, tra- that traitor. These people have betrayed the interests of the American people. They have no values, no convictions, no principles, and they are just seeking the fame and glory and political support of the intelligence community. They are shills. They have sold you out for their own political interests, for their own career interests, for their own best-selling books, so they can get the favoritism of the mass media, so they can get the support of the intelligence community because they're bitter that Donald Trump was awesome. They're bitter about this insurrection, even though they're the ones that perpetuated it. They're the ones that pulled the Capitol Police away. They're the ones that put the agents in the field that day, upwards of 200, if not more than 200, that instigated this event. The Antifa that were falsely putting on MAGA hats and Trump paraphernalia to make it look like Trump supporters were storming the Capitol. And they advocated the imprisonment of American after American, some of them retirement age. For minding the velvet ropes. And then they blamed it on right-wing extremism and domestic terrorism after we have been abused and gaslit time and time again, month after month, year after year, week after week by these people to a point of such suffering that millions of Americans, though financially struggling, found a way to buy a plane ticket to go to Washington, D.C. peacefully, unarmed, in March in support of freedom and their rights. It's hard to get 100 people to show up at a cafe or a bar for an event, but a million people show up for the Stop the Steal events, and they totally disregard and disrespect and write it off as right-wing extremism, the Kinzingers and the Liz Cheneys, because they're so appalled by how out of control we are, by how we think and fight for ourselves. And they had this hearing where they hired the Hollywood producer to air it every night and only really got views like the first night because it was boring as sin. And they just tried tried time and time again to make Trump look as bad or as corrupt as possible. And it was all hearsay arguments. And they brought witness after witness. And they had testimonies of crying Capitol police officers. And it was just this weepy, sad, sob story. It was so obviously propaganda. Anybody who fell for it is an idiot. The fact of the matter is, the fact they had to push so much propaganda in order to make January 6th look bad is just indicative of how not bad it was in terms of not bad for the reasons that they say it was bad. It was terrible because it was a setup, but it wasn't an act of terrorism perpetuated by people who love their country. It wasn't an act of terrorism perpetuated by people who believe the lies of Donald Trump and he wanted it to happen. I can't tell you or show you how many clips of Donald Trump saying no violence, peaceful of Alex Jones saying no violence, peaceful of Protester after protester saying, don't fall for it. Don't go into the building. Don't do this. Don't do this over and over again while they're being tear gassed by Capitol Police for no reason, while they're being shot with rubber bullets by Capitol Police for no reason, while they're unarmed and being shot in the neck by Capitol Police. 
just for going through a window and wearing a MAGA cape. Don't you think maybe you could have put handcuffs on Ashley Babbitt instead of shooting her in the neck? Damn. They didn't even wait for a guy to go through the window. Like, if I was going to shoot somebody as a Capitol Police officer and I wanted to get away with it, I would have let the girl go by and then when the guy hopped through, I would have shot him. It's like, no, political dissident. They're all the same to me. Gender neutral. Liz Cheney wants to start a third party. She just wants to ensure the Democrat wins. So obvious. Visit InfoWarsStore.com. Be the reason we are still on the air. Give yourself and others the gift of turbocharged energy this Christmas. With an energy blend that contains amino acids for sustained energy metabolism and an herbal energy blend with several high levels, several herbs of high levels of alkaloids and things of that nature for peak energy, TurboForce Plus is a force to be reckoned with. This powerhouse formula contains so many powerful ingredients. Get it today at InfoWarsStore.com and be the reason we are still on the air. I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man, but I'm not just a man. Just like you, no matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you, and that's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me, not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you always to remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. Never forget that the answer to 1984 is 1776. We've come a long way in the fight against tyranny, and it's been listeners and viewers like you that have kept us on air. That's why we bring you the very best products so you love them, so you enjoy them, and so you come back and get them again and again so we can stay on the air in the fight against the globalists because it's viewers like you that keep this operation on air. And here we are. Another Christmas is here, being the biggest sale of the year, store-wide free shipping, double Patriot points, up to 60% off, store-wide, my new book, The Great Awakening. Get a signed or unsigned copy. It's all there. X2, finally back in stock. Turbo Force, finally back in stock. It's all there at InfoWarsStore.com. So I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. I want to thank you all for your support. We're in this fight together. And I want to encourage you now to get store-wide free shipping, double Patriot points, up to 60% off on all the great products at InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. InfoWarsStore.com. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. John, we're going to break here. When were you arrested? Okay, uh, I get come again. Holy hell. John, when were you arrested? Come again. This is just the way my phone system works. So let's take a phone call. You gotta make some phone calls. You gotta call some people. The phone is in my bedroom. I suggest you get going. Where are you calling from and what do you want to talk about? Am I on? God almighty, you are, brother. So you listen to me and you listen well. Are you behind on your credit card bills? Go on, pick up the phone and start dialing. Is your landlord ready to evict you? Good. Pick up the phone and start dialing. Where are you calling from? Don't get upset. Go ahead. No, I love you. Just please go ahead. 877-381-3811. 
877-789-2539. Welcome back to the American Journal, ladies and gentlemen. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. We're going to be taking calls throughout the third hour. Make sure you call on 877-789-2539. Again, that's 877-789-2539. The sooner you call, the more likely I am to get to you before the end of the show today. New York lawmakers claim smoking gun in New York City migrant voter fraud scheme. A New York state lawmaker says she's found the smoking gun evidence that New York City is trying to illegally register migrants to vote in upcoming elections. Quote, on page 50 of this contract, there is an entire section dedicated to voter registration, said Rep. Nicole Maliotakis on Sunday after she and four other Staten Island Republicans claimed a city contract with a nonprofit hired to run Hired to run a Staten Island shelter includes a stipulation that voter registration forms are to be distributed among asylum seekers. Absolutely unbelievable. We played our interview in clip five earlier, but it's just absolutely insane. And the thing about this is you can register these migrants in New York, and it's not going to have an impact on the presidential election because New York's going to go blue every single time in terms of presidential electoral college votes but it's going to totally change and shift what the city level politics are what the state level politics are this is the real abuse of it that their governors aren't going to be legitimately elected anymore their state legislatures aren't going to be legitimately elected anymore their mayors aren't going to be legitimately elected anymore because all these illegal immigrants are going to be voting in these elections and we keep sending them there thank god because We don't want them shifting these right-wing states. It's harder to do that here because our laws are better in terms of elections in Republican states. But this is not good. This this is an invasion. We're experiencing an invasion of our southern border. Meanwhile, Trump promises to cancel Biden's AI executive order, citing censorship fears. President Donald Trump's recent rally in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, Trump pledged to nullify an executive order issued by President Joe Biden concerning the use of artificial intelligence. So we covered a little bit of Biden's executive order about artificial intelligence when it happened a number of weeks ago. And it looks like the policy is basically set up in such a way that it's designed to allow the surveillance of the American people, allow the censorship of the American people, while simultaneously ensuring that only these big tech entities have access to artificial intelligence. They don't want the technology democratized. They don't want people wielding the weapon of this artificial intelligence because they know it will be used in innovative ways to outsmart the deep state, to outsmart the political class and undermine their agenda. And they say that it's about deep fakes. Oh, you know, we want to make sure that People have to watermark any video content that isn't really the person in the video or they have to put a disclaimer on any audio content that isn't really the person that you're hearing from. They act like it's about saving people's reputation or identity from slander or misrepresentation. But what it's really about is they don't want us to have these massive, amazing tools that can do things like data mine, that can do things like robocall, that can do things like actually create political movements in this country through massive influence with this muscle that is this technological advancement. And so they've imposed these regulations that make it such a burden for independent startups or for individuals to legally create this technology and use this technology, but that these major companies that like Google and Apple and others 
they can get past these regulatory hurdles without any problem. That's why they're advocating for this regulation. It's not because they fear for the future of safety in the United States of America because of artificial intelligence or they're trying to protect the people from the power of artificial intelligence. They want to ensure that they maintain their monopoly over this technology for as long as possible, if not forever. So they break into the market when there's no regulation. They establish themselves as these monoliths, these behemoths, and then they lobby for increased regulation to ensure that nobody else can come and mess with their game. It would be like if when MySpace blew up. Do you guys remember MySpace.com? Tom from MySpace, top eight friends. It would be like if when MySpace blew up, they immediately hired lobbyists and made it illegal for anyone else to make a social media platform. Then Facebook never would have come along. MySpace would still be the behemoth that it was for a brief period of time. That's what these big tech companies do. And it happens in multiple industries time and time again. That's why monopolies are actually something that are created by governments and not this laissez-faire capitalism. Everyone always says that capitalism causes monopolies, and that's one of the things that has to be regulated about it. But every monopoly that's ever existed has been sponsored by the federal government or some government, namely these big big tech monopolies. You want to say that they're anti-monopoly? Well, I'll show you. They are pro-monopoly because they are really upset that Twitter has broken away as the only competitor in the social media space. X is the only competitor in the social media space against all of the major social media platforms that are all in bed with the intelligence community. They might be different big tech platforms. They might be different businesses. But that's like saying the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Fox News, CNN, and ABC, NBC are all different news outlets. Yeah, technically they're different news outlets, but they're all the mainstream media. They're all coming from the same source, and they're all working for the same same hand that feeds. Let's take a call from Hobbs in Nebraska. Hobbs, what's on your mind? Can we switch to Hobbs in Nebraska, please? Thank you. I can hear you now. What's up, Hobbs? Hey, good morning, Chase. Good morning, Info Warriors. It's your boy, Hobbs in Nebraska. Hey, uh, so I can't take credit for this theory personally. This one comes from everybody's favorite human computer, Simon, in Florida. All right. But, uh, he, gave me, yeah, he gave me a call on Saturday and linked me to a video that you guys might be interested in watching. It uh, was General Lloyd Austin giving a speech at the Reagan National Security Conference. And he was saying a lot of things that really, you know, I was very young when it happened, and you might be too young to remember it, but it was giving me real Colin Powell in the 90s vibes. And a lot of what he was saying about American leadership going forward is the only thing that can save the world and unity and all of the other things that really appeals to both the neo-libs currently in charge of the Democrat Party money and the neocons who seem to think that blowing up every problem in the world is the solution to every problem in the world really makes Simon and I tend to concur that uh, he is quietly maneuvering himself into a possible run at the Democrat nomination. So keep that in mind moving forward if you start seeing him pop up in the news a lot more lately. Interesting. This is Lloyd Austin you're talking about? Correct. Yeah, that would be interesting. We'll see if that happens. Thank you for sharing that sort of prediction. I'm just concerned that he doesn't have the name recognition. I mean, if you ask the average person in America who Lloyd Austin is, they probably wouldn't be able to tell you. And so I, I, I'm skeptical that he's – It's it's got to be a celebrity. It's got to be like The Rock. I mean, even The Rock admitted on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast that he had been approached by a political party. He didn't say which one. Well, we know which one to run as a candidate. They want a celebrity to run. They want somebody with name recognition. They want a, count, they want a, a counter-Trump, an anti-Trump, somebody that's – 
famous and successful and revered to just pop in out of nowhere and unsettle the whole thing. And they're shopping. They tried Newsom. They tried him running ads in Florida to see how he would do in that swing state. It was, turned out terribly for them, but they tried it. And they've floated Michelle Obama, and they're floating Kamala. They don't know. I don't think they've determined who the candidate's going to be yet, but I do think that they've determined that it's not going to be Joe Biden. And so we'll see what happens. They certainly want to have a plan B, even if they plan on it being Joe Biden, because Joe, anything could happen to him any day. So they could be coming out against him in terms of having this plan B in place. Let's take a call before we go to break. We've just got about 30 seconds or so here. I want to hear from Robert in Thailand. Robert, you got to plug the products. Well, I'll tell you what. You guys got the package out here super fast. I I was surprised how quick it got out here. I got the turmeric toothpaste, and uh, I was delighted to find that there was a big old stack of stickers in the package as well. So I really do want to say I appreciate that. that. I'm going to get them. I yeah, but get on my Honda too. Rebel and do a little country trip. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And you're in. You're actually in Thailand, right? So I'm on an island uh-huh. uh, off the, the east coast of Thailand in the Gulf of Thailand. It's actually known for the full moon party. The mm-hmm. the more famous island is the one that's nearby us, which is Koh Samui. It's um, known as uh, a very popular vacation spot, but uh, you have to take an extra boat to get to my island here. And, um, yeah, I've been living here with this, uh, family who does organic farming Yeah, yeah you and, you know, like learning. Well, hey, we do have to cut to break. To I, don't mean to cut, I don't mean to cut you off, but it just goes to show we are shipping all over the world. We're reaching all over the world. Visit infowarsstore.com and be the reason we are still on the air today. Give yourself another gift of turbocharged Christmas this year. One of the most frustrating things about being awake to the globalist agenda is seeing the general public still asleep. By and large, not aware of the magnitude of the incredible danger they're under, but also the ongoing attacks and the magnitude of the death caused by the lethal injections masquerading as vaccines. It is so frustrating to see people going about their daily lives oblivious and you realize ignorance is not bliss, it equals death. But people are starting to really understand how serious things are, and that's that's a hard thing to do, because to wake up to a dystopic reality and realize that we're in the middle of a giant biological weapons war against humanity, and that there's mass sterilization that's already taken place, and they're cutting off all the major energy sources, is really hard to deal with, but it's the reality. Facing it is our only chance to turn this around. This stuff's about to get really, really nasty. Infowars.com.